Welcome to Hacks for Life with Galen Jones of James Group Ministries, a Christ-centered conversation that will encourage and inspire you to live a better life. Now let's join Galen Jones of James Group Ministries. Welcome to Hacks for Life. I'm Galen Jones, your host, and I'm here having a conversation about how evil points to God. And I'm having this conversation with Scott Rahi. I want to encourage you to, if you uh, missed the previous conversation that kind of sets this up, I would encourage you to go back and kind of uh, listen to this because I really liked um, how, uh, how Scott, you, you uh, kind of set this up and we, we talked about evil and tried to give some kind of definition to it and where we said that evil is the absence of of God and and I absence of uh, good. I'm, I'm sorry, absence of good. Mm-hmm. Uh, really like that, and and that or, or that evil. We should look at evil as uh, the corruption of good. Yeah. So we're going to pick up kind of where we left off. Yeah. Um, so uh, Scott, take it away, and I'll see if I'll, I'll try not to interrupt you. You fall close behind. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to start up uh, like we did last time, I think. That the objection raised by um, non-believers, the strongest one is when they say, "Look at all the evil in the world. There can't be a God with all this evil." And it's a profoundly difficult question to address sometimes because you feel it just as strongly as everybody else. Yeah, I've I've, I've struggled through it. I've weighed through it. I'm, I'm wading through it now. You know. So how do we answer that? How has it been answered classically? I think there's two, um, principally two ways that the skeptical community addresses this, and we'll call them the um, the logical and the emotional problem of evil. And I want to start by just giving a very quick quote. William Lane Craig um, has done a fair amount of work on this, and he's got an article on his Reasonable Faith website called The Problem of Evil. It's a good article to read. And he's got a line in there. He says, first, we must distinguish between the intellectual problem of evil and the emotional problem of evil. The intellectual problem of evil concerns how to give a rational explanation of how God and evil can coexist. The emotional problem of evil concerns how to dissolve people's emotional dislike of a God who would permit suffering. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So starting off with the logical problem of evil, got for, uh, there's a there was a philosopher. He was a Christian um, named Gottfried Leibniz, and um, so he's a believer. Yeah. Oh, okay. And just his writings, he wrote something called the Pensee, which he died before he put the book together. But he had all these notes that he kept with him, and they've assembled these notes. To, it's a fairly short document, but it's it's brilliant. I mean, he just he's one of the He's a he's a was a genius. He also discovered calculus, so most people hate him. Most kids uh, in school, at least, hate him. Yeah, like, I, know, I don't like this guy. I wouldn't do that. But he's a good. He was a good Christian. He was a deep thinker, and um, he came up with a term. He coined a term called theodicy, um, and the idea is that it's an attempt to justify or defend God in the face of evil by answering. The following problem, and let me let me outline the problem as, as he said it. Remember when the whole the whole premise uh, conclusion thing that we've we've done before. This is another oh, yeah. one of those. Yeah. One, God is all good and all powerful and therefore all knowing. Mm-hmm. Two, the universe or creation was made by God, 
and it exists in a contingent relationship with God. Number three, evil exists in the world. Why does evil exist in the world? So that's the, that's the quandary. He, he didn't come to the conclusion here, but that's the structure. Mm-hmm. He's like, why would evil exist in a world like that? That's the question that he's going to be addressing. Now, can you go back to that? The because the, I, I, I missed maybe I don't know that um, about the contingency thing. You mentioned the word contingent. And the I, idea and I of conting- got... the idea of contingency is that the universe depends on God for its existence. Okay. So um, a child depends on its parents in order for the child to be born. It's a contingency. Okay. The universe was created by God. It's contingent upon God. It doesn't exist necessarily. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I, I just kind of, when you said it, I kind of locked in on contingent. What does that mean? Yeah. In this? So, yeah. Yeah, the universe was made by God and exists, effectively it exists in relationship to God. You can almost remove the word contingent, but it does depend on God for its existence. Okay. I think it depends on, I think the universe, I think we all depend on God moment to moment, the way a dream depends upon a dreamer. Not that God's going to wake up or that we're a dream, but we are so radically dependent upon God from moment to moment that uh, I would say that we're all contingent to God's, dis- you know, allowing us to continue to exist. Mm-hmm. You know where where that pops up? I just this just popped in, in into my head, but um, when I have um, and I'm having a conversation right now with someone who knows that they're dying, mm-hmm. and this is where that that idea of dependency. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think of my own life when when I'm healthy mm-hmm. and everything is going well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really reflecting on the breath that I breathe right. and where that comes from. Right. And but when I am when I am sick, I'm or physically ill, yeah. then I you know I start to lay there and go, wow, okay, just give me another. Mm-hmm. Another breath. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we we talk, uh, and sometimes what I've even in, in conversations I've talked with people that are uh, they're on the fringe of belief. Um, yeah. That more of um, agnostic, you know, they're really they're, they 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 want to believe or they kind of act like they want to, mm-hmm. um, but they'll kind of go um, when I'm when something happens, an illness happens. Um, that's their automatic. Now they would call it. They're just talking to themselves, right? You know, self-talk. Right. But it's interesting that God's part of the self-talk, <clears throat> right? So you know, it's the way they phrase it when they talk to themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of interesting because sometimes they don't want to say, "Well, you know, I was I've been praying about this," but when you hear their narrative, they've been talking to themselves about their dependence on. Something outside themselves. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense. Uh, uh, so it's, it's it's pretty cool <clears throat> if we're paying attention in the conversation. One of the key things I've walked away with from our conversations, Scott, is that um, we really, as believers, as as people, as Christ followers, we really need to pay attention to what other people are saying. Right. Right. And and be okay with what they're saying. Yeah. Because. I've caught myself anytime I'm not okay with, you know, if somebody's challenging God or something and I'm not okay with it, then I get emotionally involved in it and then it goes south. That, you, just, that's just been my experience. And rather than listening, you're you're listening until they there's a gap in what they're saying so that you can jump in there and get Yeah, your so response. I can nail them, you know. Yeah, I just, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Not, yeah, no, not you're very right. good. And whether you realize it or not, that conversation that you're talking about with this person who's who's dying, um, and how that moment to moment sort of I need God to sustain me for this next moment, that's going to play into this whole idea of evil proves the, the existence of God. And you know, we'll we'll sort of fit it in here in just a minute. But I think I think you've sort of uncovered an element of that just you know by the conversation that you're having yeah so let's start with the logical problem of evil now this is called theod- uh, a theodicy. A theodicy. A theodicy the idea of a theodicy is it's just an attempt to defend god in the face of evil how can god okay. be good in the face of an evil universe okay. and it's just a way to we how do i explain that it's a theodicy okay um so starting with the logical problem of evil the idea is that an all-loving, all-good, and all-powerful God cannot exist with evil. That's the challenge from the skeptics. Now, they're not saying, emotionally, isn't it awful that God lets these things happen? What they're saying is, it's logically impossible for God to coexist with evil. Similarly, we've talked about this before, it is logically impossible for there to be a married bachelor. There, it's logically impossible for a triangle to be round and not have any sides. Um, it's log- you know, logically impossible for God to give you free will and take it away at the same time. That's what they're talking about with logical, logical possibilities. They're saying in a universe where there's evil, it is logically impossible for a good God, an all-powerful God, an all-knowing God to exist. And I don't, I don't think that's a good challenge. And I've heard philosophers say this has actually been solved and it's actually been been resolved which you don't often get in philosophy the idea is is there a way for god's existence and evil to coexist is there a way we can reconcile even possibly even if we're wrong about it can we come up with a possible reason why that might possibly they might be able to coexist and if that's the case then the logical problem of evil it's uh, it fails does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I can come up with a reason for it. Now, I think the reason is just to, you know just to sort of advance that is the idea that if God has morally sufficient reasons to allow for evil, then a good God can coexist with an evil universe if God, if a good God has morally sufficient reasons to allow that evil to exist. Mm-hmm. I think that's the solution ultimately. Yeah, and I, see where my head goes with that, um, and I've had conversations, so it, it's really not not fair you know that oh this just popped into my head right um but when i'm when i'm thinking about that and you said this earlier which i think is is key if god allows evil Mm -hmm. and that evil provides a contrast for people to see this is life without god and and you can choose. Right. And see, this is what I really like about these conversations because we get to choose. We can get to choose life with God or life without God. That's true. And life without good without God um, doesn't look too good. That's right. At least how in my experience. I agree with you. Um, but life with God provides a a foundation for evil to exist with a purpose, which I think that's where you started. I, and I yeah. didn't know we, exactly we were going here, but uh, that evil points to God. Yeah, it exists. There's a purpose for it. Yeah, there's a, I mean. God allows it, it for his purposes. What, one of the things I really like I, about um, the biblical writers, Paul, for example, he's always putting a contrast. Mm-hmm. 
the the work of the flesh or yep. the work of the natural man mm-hmm. and the work of the spirit, the work of the spiritual man. Um, light, John, uh, uh, the author of the Gospel of John, light and dark. Because if there's not a contrast, how do you see it? Yeah. Or how would you see it plainly and clearly? Yeah. Uh, anyway. And who was the author of the Gospel of John? Was that John? I think it might have been John. It was John, yeah. The way you phrased that, I was like, I don't want anybody to go, we're pretty sure that was Luke. No, it was John. We're pretty sure it was John. So let me uh, let me work through this just to give um, – There, people are going to hear the objection in, in different ways. There was a Greek philosopher um, lived from about – I think his, he lived from 341 to 270 B.C., so before Jesus. His name was Epicurus. Ah, okay. And he's the one that first raised the logical problem of evil. And I don't have a quote from him specifically, but David Hume was a um, an Enlightenment philosopher who was also a skeptic, and he re- sort of revised what Epicurus had said. And here's a quote. It's from his book, Dialogues Concerning Natural Religion. This is David Hume's quote. And he said, is God willing to prevent evil but not able? Then he's impotent. Is he able but not willing, then he is malevolent. Is he both able and willing? Whence then is evil? It's the same question mm-hmm. that, that Leibniz asked before. And so that's the that's the logical problem. And of course, there is there's really no logical reason why God and evil can't coexist. There's just a good God and evil mm-hmm. can't coexist. There's no logical reason for that. People who raise this objection typically have sort of a hidden, there, there are going to be hidden premises that they're not bringing up. It'll be something like evil exists. It can't exist if there's a good God because a good God would not allow evil or mm-hmm. something like they won't say that last part, but that's sometimes how, they, how they'll yeah. do it. We're going to have another conversation over this, mm-hmm. uh, this topic, but how can they make that comment that they're assuming things they can't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, we, because yeah. what was going through my head was conversations that we had, had earlier about, yeah. well, we say this, but we you can't know that. We're not God. Right. Yeah. And it's not our world, and we don't get to decide what things should look like. Yeah. It's I, God's world. I don't know. That seems kind of arrogant on I our heard, part. I heard of, uh, it's just sort of a side <laughs> joke. I heard a, sort of a story about God saying to somebody, you know, you can make the rules that you want. Um, if you create your own universe, he's talking to a scientist, and the scientist says, "Well, I can, I can do that." He goes, "Well, go ahead and do it." And he goes, "Well, first I need some dirt." He goes, "No, no, no, you get your own dirt," and you know, because it's God's universe; it's not the scientist's universe. Yeah. He can't use God's dirt. <laughs> so, I think, in summary of the logical problem of evil, the answer to it is: if God has morally sufficient reasons for allowing evil in the world, then there is no logical problem of evil. I mean. I don't know everything God knows, and I'm glad I don't know everything that, that God knows. But um, if God has sufficient reasons, now I've heard people ask the question. Actually, I think there was a debate that William Lane Craig was in, and one of the guys asked him. He said, "Well, if God has morally sufficient reasons, why didn't He just tell us, and we can at least be informed about the purposes behind these sort of things?" and uh, Dr. Dr. Craig's answer was, well, it would, first of all, it'd be a bit like a haunted house, constantly hearing a voice in your head saying, by the way, this is going to happen and it's going to advance my purposes and it's not going to be very enjoyable. And the second one was, 
Well, if he told us all the time, don't you think we'd be busy trying to stop it? You're going to have to get cancer. I don't want to get cancer, you know. Oh, yeah. Something yeah. like that. So Yeah, if we knew it was coming, we'd get out. <laughs> yeah. And I see, um, I see online when I talk to people, face-to-face when I talk to, to skeptics, they'll say, sometimes they'll just raise stuff independently. I'll, I'll see things like, how could God exist with this awful thing? Like, um, you'll see like a Catholic priest that's molested a bunch of boys or something mm-hmm. like that and they'll raise they'll see a news article and they'll raise this is proof that god doesn't exist and and the answer that i've given to them and i don't know you know it may or may not work for people but the answer that i've given them is look what you're what you're doing is you're trying to say it's wrong to molest these boys and it is mm-hmm. it, it's evil to do that yeah but you all simultaneously they're saying but the things i do they're okay they're not evil because they enjoy those things themselves. They don't want to be judged for the things they're doing. I said, so if you if you want God to step in and stop evil, let's have him start with you. Let's have him start stop your evil instead of just uh, instead of just responding to your demands that he handle the evil that you think is evil. Because that's really what what it ultimately boils down to is these skeptics are saying, I want to decide what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. I want to be God. Mm-hmm. That's what Adam did. Yep. That's that's the sin of Adam. And yep. so there, it's these conversations with skeptics when it comes to the problem of evil, they can become kind of emotional because it's an emotional thing to see a hurting child. Mm-hmm. It's an emotional thing to see someone dying of cancer. It's an emotional thing to lose somebody in a car accident. Um, and so really, the logical problem of evil kind of stays up here in our in our brains where it really sort of the rubber sort of gets meets the road is the emotional problem of evil. So yeah. why don't we we'll table it here and then let's address the emotional problem of evil in the next con, con, uh, conversation and we'll spend a little bit more time there cuz I think that's where most of the objections um that's where you spend most of your time and that's where most of the concern is. Yeah. Well, I can imagine cuz what, you know, if if I were to go to the doctor and the doctor said, well, you know, go home, get your house in order because you got six months. That's why I never go to doctors. Cause yeah, I well, never I was going to say, I don't, I don't go to doctors to either, but I was going to say that same thing. I don't, I don't like, go to, I don't, I don't like to go. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but anyway, so that almost went off on a tangent. But um, <laughs> that that's an emotional thing. It's very emotional. I mean, that is like getting kicked in the gut. It is. Um, which... Seen and it's emotions. not where it's not where the philosophy conversations are. Where it's well, could it be logically possible? Well, okay, fine, it could be logically possible. But with all the evil that's out there, it's unlikely that there's a good God that would allow all of this. Yeah. You know, and that's where most people spend their time. Yeah. So let's address that and uh, and give it the the weight and the respect that it deserves, and spend a little time on it. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I hope our listeners are anticipating a, a great conversation to come. Oh, boy, they're going to be disappointed. Yeah, so so let's do it. (laughs) You've been listening to Hacks for Life with Galen Jones of James Group Ministries. The James Group is a nonprofit, Christ-centered organization that seeks to serve the community by offering skilled, caring support for anyone in need. For help, call 972-243-4673. That's 972-243-4673. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for another Hacks for Life with Galen Jones.